Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone and welcome to a What A Night, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. My name is Ben Haynes and here to help me break down the good, the bad, the ugly and the beautiful in the last 24, 48 hours or so of Spurs is Jude Sunfield, Hunter Godson, and Dan Kilpatrick from the Evening Standard. Is everyone okay? Has everyone recovered from a really, really... It felt, do you know what? It was a late night. It felt like a late night. And it felt even later because Liverpool saved it till the 90th minute to try and ruin everything. Mm. You... Horrible people. (laughs) (laughs) There was an air of uh, inevitability about that, wasn't there? Did you get inevitability? Mm, So I'm assuming post Stevie Bergvine, obviously we'll come on to it, but did that start to settle in then? Yeah, because because it's happened before with Liverpool and because of just the way that Liverpool are in their nature, I just felt as soon as we'd missed those two, I was like, that's it. They're the two chances, and I, I, after that, I was like, I would bite your hand off for a one-all draw, and uh, unfortunately, didn't quite make it. Jude recovered in recovery. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I thought it was fine. There, there are a few little bits in the, in terms of how this team played and how you know a Mauricio Pochettino team has gone to Anfield and not you know sort of played into Liverpool's hands a little more, but. Um, yeah, I thought I thought it was okay. It wasn't okay. Wasn't that's hard. a very very level-headed take. Now <laughs> I'm assuming that there are Tottenham fans listening to this, being like, "Someone go mental! Someone go mental!" Is that going to be you, Dan? Never. Yes, it was fucking <laughs> disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Kilpatrick explicit and then we put in capital letters passionate rant yeah yeah very AFTV you know that Arsenal that Arsenal fan who who went mad yeah over the recent defeat one of their recent defeats I forget which now which one there's been there's been seven a few people did message me and said he was a ringer for me which I was quite unhappy about (laughs) I think I know the one I think I know the one now Unfortunately. Sorry, oh my yeah. gosh, yeah. That went viral. He's not one of the it? AFTV no. ones, yeah. He, he's, he's the lad, the very angry lad. Yeah. Who, who was he in a car? A... No. He was, but he was sitting on the he's... right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That says to me he's got a license. It was a guy <laughs> who, in his name, has rants, which someone pointed out at me because I did, I did tweet about it and I said, this is just kind of sad, isn't it? This is a bit. We shouldn't really be plastering this guy over social media. He needs a bit of a hug. But then people were like, that's what he does, mate. That's what he wants to be famous for. And I was like, all right, what a little yeah. weirdo can stay in his car then. 
Well, the, that that was one of the really nice things from last night. Is I, the, uh, Tottenham are very good at. I I would liken us to a kind of like as a club, we're a little bit like a an emo 14, 15 year old kid who sort of instead of like going out and wanting to smash everything up, we sit there and go proper proper introspective, look in the mirror. What's wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so let's work that out as we break down the good, the bad, the ugly, and the beautiful. So at least we can start on a positive note. There was some positives from last night. There was things that we can take from that game. Does anyone want to kind of uh, venture one first? I'm happy. I'm happy to kick off with a man who I thought had played very well again. Who we keep saying is playing quite well, and that's Serge Aurier. Um, you know, he's play, he's up against one of the one of the best players in the Premier League, and uh, I just thought he he dealt with him very well. If not, was terrible in possession but that could be said for like nigh on everyone in the team i don't think oh, anyone kept control c control v yeah, exactly it was a it was just a, like a get the ball kick the ball sort of scenario which i'm sure we'll come on to not, not <laughs> that's enough. literally that's like the shit version of take the ball pass <laughs> exactly. the ball get the ball hoof the ball sort of thing the, the thing i kept I, I wanted to go with Oreo was that he just he managed to you know the incredible physicality of Mane, and he dealt with dealt with that incredibly well. He did it. He he got turned once, and Mane Mane hit the bar. You know, arguably for a man of his quality, he should have scored. But um, I thought I thought he kept him quiet in what I last season was terrified about. I was like Mane versus Aurier is the mismatch of the century. So he's he's improved a lot. I think it is nice to know that you know both both of our right back options now can do a defensive job, if not. We are, you know, he didn't offer anything going forward last night. I mean, it was nearly yeah. the double right back, wasn't it? It was, it was so nearly. <laughs> I was going to message right you on the WhatsApp. Side, it... <laughs> I was going to message you on the WhatsApp saying, is this the modern day double right back with uh, Sissoko? We dropping? were treated to a glimpse of the double left back at the end, which I quite liked. <laughs> for, the final, for the final 15 minutes, Regulon and Davis doubling up. Yeah. So yeah it's a, amazing. A little, it was a little bit of a blast in the past there. Mm. Dan, what, why what, why did you wince when uh, Serge Aurier's name was mentioned? Did you feel he had a bad game, or did you just feel no? It wasn't, wasn't a wince. I was surprised that Hunter picked him out. I thought he was I thought he was fine. I, th- I think he's he's good at doing his defensive job. I didn't didn't think he shone particularly last night, but there were a couple of the old lapses of concentration against Palace. I thought and. They would prove they they would have proved fatal against Liverpool, but there weren't really any last night, as Hunter says. So yeah, he all of the back four, I think, with the possible exception of Alderweireld at the, the very end, who was you know arguably beaten by Firmino, I think defended pretty well. There, there weren't any kind of glaring errors that we've come to expect from Dyer and and Davis at, at Anfield. Um, so yeah, that that was a sign that of improvement. And I think just generally speaking, I do think it was a performance. That kind of suggests the gap has really closed between the two sides. I mean, we were talking on this pod a few weeks ago about the the Man City win and saying how it was just a kind of more controlled, much better version of the win over them last season, which you know felt a lot more fortuitous, a lot more random, but was done in a similar style. And this defeat felt like a more kind of purposeful, controlled defeat. Then the defeat to Liverpool last season, which was also by one goal, also with Spurs missing chances. But you know this this one felt like there was much more of a plan, and Spurs felt much more unlucky. I thought in the end, and it was just a game of fine margins, wasn't it? If Bergwijn had had rolled either of those efforts kind of an inch inside the post, you know, we'll probably be talking about 
you know, a, a historic end to <laughs> Liverpool's home run. Yeah, strange. So, well, I mean, it, as we always say, it's the fine margins that make the difference. But I think maybe just to linger on Serge Aurier a little bit, I do feel like did he, he got a nick, didn't he, on the one that Mane put onto the bar? And mm. I felt it was actually a little bit, a little bit unfortunate that he gave away the corner because I did feel like he'd he'd kept Mane in positions and in areas where he wasn't threatening. You know, even the shots that Mane had where he drifted across the box, you always felt there was four or five bodies in between Mane and the goalkeeper. And ironically enough, it was that that kind of like came back to bite us in the arse because we're doing such a good job of defending that it literally came off every guys and flew into the net or, or Toby Alvarez backside and flew into the net sort of I feel like we'd almost that's a, a good for me but we'd almost stuck so rigidly to the plan that when that breakthrough did come I, I was worried that we weren't gonna weren't gonna get back at them but it was it was impressive that we managed to out of nowhere just carve an opportunity and uh and I'm sort of bounce right back yeah well we missed that didn't we cheers Amazon no I do like watching throw-ins <laughs> or whatever it was instead uh, honestly it was like extended highlights of a throw-in or a, kick, a goal kick was being... T- and I was like, oh, yeah. And then someone's just threw. Denied yeah, LaCelso. You have one job. Really? Denied LaCelso what was a fantastic throw I hadn't heard this. I didn't oh, see, mate. I didn't oh, it. Hunter, describe yeah. it. Describe it then Honestly, for Dan. A, paint there's, paint there's, a picture. A, so obviously there's a replay going on. Spurs, I think it's a Spurs goal kick and they've decided to go to replay. But they're doing an extended replay. All this time is when LaCelso's picking up the ball. <laughs> within his own half and making that driving run. I, you don't see any of this on Amazon. And then by the time it's come come back to Son, he's through on goal. So you basically just see nothing. Son through on goal, goal. <laughs> Which is bizarre. Right. And it denied, I mean, in, in, in fairness to the so Amazon so. producer, I think at that point in the game, oh, God I'd have probably gone to replay when Spurs <laughs> were on the ball. Yeah. <laughs> Even Ali McCoyst, who was absolutely top quality, which just just sort of his description of it was just like oh they're through <laughs> just like three the words. one thi- the one thing I didn't like was it sort of John Champion I think said he said off the back of it from uh, Spurs providing zero threat or like where that's come from nowhere I was like that's come from the last thirteen games mate yeah. like what what Spurs have you been watching that's like I know I sound. No, I, no, I sound very on. sort of hypercritical. No, no, no. I think you're spot on. There was there was also like this weird um, sort of outflowing of anger towards the goal on Twitter, even from journalists being like, "Oh God, Liverpool playing yeah, and this, you know, the anti-football's got and blah blah." And I think it was Michael Cox in the end who sort of just went, yeah, "Has no one been? Has no one been watching Tottenham? This is the game plan. That is exactly what they're trying to do." So mm. in you know that is. And it's, and Can it's we worked. put that in the ugly? I definitely, I really want to get into that conversation that was rife on Twitter last night and, and sort of discuss that properly. The um, the kind of, oh, football won and anti-football lost or like the best team won and all that stuff. We'll, we'll properly get into the thick of that. Jude, was there anyone that you want to pick out in your good section? Uh, well, I'll go back to, I'll go back to Warrior because, you know, I think he did look a little leggy towards the end, but he made something like 10 tackles, I think, which might have been about double any other player so he got through a fair amount of defensive work um obviously did little going forward um but Hugo Lloris made a load of good saves as well I mean I say I say good he probably got about nine or ten and a lot of them were you know straight into the straight into the basket but um he was decent again 
Um, I did, uh, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary though, dude. Like no, 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 no. Do you no, know no. what I mean? Me and ben I think there was one save, that. one save that was sort of arching towards the far, far corner, and he got across pretty quickly. Yeah, he did. He got. Um, well. I think but, you, yeah. you can make the case that he kind of made a lot of them. It seemed like he was always just behind everything, and mm. there must be an element of that that's good positioning, right? Definitely. Oh, hundred yeah, percent. I think 100%. I think Stevie, 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 Stevie Bergvine definitely deserves credit for the the amount of effort and work he put in. And in in his defence, I said to you before, the second one I think is unlucky. I think he does nigh on everything right. And, you know, and another day that's two inches left and it comes off the inside of the post and it's in. The first one is completely his. He creates it on his own and then he, he muscles off Trent. It keeps him at bay and the toe poke probably was the wrong shot to go with in the end because you're always going to be bending away at that point. But I think... In a game like that, you need players to sort of create their own chances. And I think he sort of, you know, in that moment, he did. And, and Spurs only had, what was it, four clear chances in the end. And for him to sort of get on the end of two of them, I think is a good thing. On another day, it's Gareth, you know, it's Gareth Bale in that position. And and you'd, put, <laughs> you'd definitely be more confident. Yeah, I, I, he's an interesting one for me, Stevie Bovine. I've watched that miss, the second one, about hundred times now and I'm I don't know why I still do it to myself like I, I don't know why I'm still watching it because I I think I've flipped quite a lot between well Alisson did very well there made himself very big he came out quickly to then being like oh, come on he's got a score you know it's I can't sort of make my I can't I can't reconcile it and I think that pretty much just sums up everything to do with that game the overriding feeling is just like oh like so frustrating. Well, one, an interesting comparison, I think, is Son's finish really showed how far he's come at Spurs. I think. I think in his first season, you always back Son to kind of score the worldies when he had no time, but miss the one-on-ones when he had loads of time. And someone I'm in a WhatsApp group with said, "I think Bergwin's a bit like Son in his first season." And I think that's a, that's a decent comparison. He's He's kind of missing those chances at the moment, but he scored a couple of worldies, doesn't he? The, the Man United and Man City goals in particular, where he doesn't really have time to think. It's more about instinct. It's more about kind of technique. So I really think he's a player worth persevering with. I think he's in a, a difficult position of having to be the kind of supporting um, front man to, to Kane and Son, who are just the best pairing in the Premier League at the moment. Mm. Uh, he's doing a lot of defensive work. So I, I kind of feel from today, I think he'll be pretty gutted, won't he? But um, I think just the fact that he was in those positions and made those chances, as Hunter says, I mean, Bale would have probably scored them. But I think the big question on Bale is, you know, would he have exactly. had the legs to yeah. to be there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, no, I think that's the question, isn't it? That's the question that we're not sure about yet. Because Steven Bergeron works incredibly hard for that first one. And then he has the, the, the you know the legs to get there on the second one and at the moment it feels like with Bale you're going to need everything to feet which is the sort of player is he is now um so I can understand why he doesn't get 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 the time at the moment what about um gentle Ben how do people think he played does he go in the good category do you want me to give my honest opinion yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) (laughs) he didn't just he didn't justify starting over Regulon for me Um, interesting decision that one wasn't it uh, well you can see what he's thinking we're going to play so deep that there's no point in having a runner, basically. We might as well have someone who's 
I'd say marginally better at defending than Regulon. I don't think it's. I don't think it's. Well, Regulon had performed so well against Man City. De- mm. Defensively, he'd been so good. Didn't put a foot wrong. Perhaps overcommitted once or twice, but. Well, I think I that's mean, it, though, Hensley. I think you've you've answered it there. I don't. I think Mourinho knows that when he's on the pitch, Regulon might go on one of those fantastic brilliant runs that we love watching but he doesn't want he didn't want that he doesn't want he doesn't want your his fullbacks going even you know much further than our our box it you know it was basically four center backs across the pitch um with the, and but just in terms of again uh, we'll probably come on to it well this is you know could be a good segue but the Ben Davis's uh, ability to keep the ball is so his his possession stats must be through the floor because the, he just passes the ball away time after time even his balls down the line are over here don't get enough bend on them you know Sonny's making the run and he just can't find him I, I, uh, yeah. I wonder is there any more just before you move on to that is there any more things that people wanted to flag as like do you know what that was really strong because I do think we should probably say something for the way in which we um we defended defended resolutely and and I thought that our ta- our tactical fouling was was really really like Hoybier like for example getting the shirt pull in mm. I was like that's just I want my midfielders to do that I'm yeah. desperate for our, our central midfielders to do that it's not something we were doing before yeah I think I think I think go on then I was just going to say agree with that and I also think while we're on the good, it's probably worth saying that Lascelles justified yeah. his inclusion. I think mm-hmm. just with the pass, I mean, he brings this kind of mix of creativity and combativeness uh, that you saw with the assist and then the booking. You know, that they're the two sides of his game, and he can he can unlock defenses with a pass, but he's also going to you know, crunch into someone's ankle quite happily. <laughs> and you know, I was quite surprised that it was Lucas not. And Dombele, because oh, it seems like you know, every single kind of game, it's Lacelso for for Dombele or vice versa <laughs> on the hour, and it was Mourinho just threw a curveball by you know, making the change on the hour, but bringing on Lucas, which I think I, I got it. it was because it was he was playing more of a it's because he was playing a four four two shape, and he he wanted a bit he wanted kind of pace and someone to play wide and bring Sissoko into the middle with Hoiberg. Um, so it, it was quite an, it was quite a bold attacking move, but the, the problem was the ball just kept going back to Liverpool time and time Bouncing again. And, Lucas. And that, yeah, and, and that will inevitably have contributed to, to I think the, the crack in the last. Even though that's part of the game, to let them have yeah undangerous possession, if you like, mm. it's still the, the pressure would inevitably get to, to any team, particularly a team that's not that experienced playing this way and against such a good size Liverpool. So I think Ndombele was a big miss and, and you know, I said it on Twitter today, I said it in my analysis last night, but you know, the big conundrum for Mourinho now, I think, is, is you, you've got to find a way to get Lacelso and Ndombele in the team. It will be one of the things that will take Spurs up a level. He did say uh, that, I, I, didn't he? In the week. Mourinho. He did, yeah. He said he said it will happen. They need to get fitter, which which I totally get because you don't want to be bringing off two players on the hour, <clears> particularly <throat> now it's sticking with three subs. But you know he's just got to they've got to get fit, and and he's then he's got a decision to make whether Sissoko comes out or whether Lacelso plays on the wing or something, you know, even more drastic than that. Yeah, I think I think one of the things that that I found quite tough last night is that seeing that substitution come on I completely understand the tactical side of it but 
when we can't keep the ball for more than two or three seconds, it doesn't even give you an opportunity to get back into your defensive shape. You could see we were being dragged out of positions and starting to be thrown around like a rag doll a bit as we were getting into those latter stages. And you're thinking, and Dombele would just buy you. He'd just buy you a foul here and there. He'd buy you just a little bit of breathing room. Would go on a dribble. He might lose the ball, but he'd go on a bit of a dribble. And in the meantime, everyone else has got back into really good defensive structure. Just got to that point at the end when you were... You know when you're seeing balls drift out to Lucas out wide, you're just thinking, I don't think we're going to keep the ball here. No, I don't think we're going to... And the chances are we're going to be on the back foot again and again and again. Um, And the possessions that sort of spoke to that, didn't they? Yeah, and I think you're right. With with Lucas, I just... I I don't know what, what... What we can expect from Lucas coming on as a sub these days is is hard to tell. Um, you get such a mixed bag with him. But basically, yeah, I was disappointed not to see Ndombele, who I would have loved to have seen come on for that last sort of half an hour. And I totally agree with what you said, Hainsey. I think it would have just given us uh, a target again because everyone looked a little bit scared even when they, even when they got possession. Everyone looked a little bit harried. Um, I thought, yeah... You know, it came, we'll get all credit to Liverpool to be fair because they put they put the pressure on and and we failed to keep the ball. But there needs to be a better plan for that. I was just going to say, you know, yes, last night was the kind of start of the Christmas run, wasn't it? And there's two midweeks in a row, Liverpool and Stoke, that are that are massive games, and that Mourinho can't rest people like he did in the Europa League. So I do think the decision over regular, I think he trusts Regulon in, in big games, mm. but I'm not sure last night was about trust necessarily I think you know he's just a new player in the Premier League he's a young guy who's played a lot of football so I think that there just has to be the occasional you know use of gentle Ben in, in the Premier League now um, is it, and, and likewise that there has to be the odd game where Ndombele probably just has a total rest now um, because you know, the Europa League group stage was, was the time when you could rest people and um, you know, almost every game, kind of from now on, with the exception of the kind of early rounds of the FA Cup, is is pretty significant. Yeah, might get a little. I suppose we're a tiny bit lucky, aren't we, with the uh, with the Europa League round of thirty two draw? You'd think if we could almost put the tie to bed mm. in game yeah, one, that's true. Then you, you maybe get a little bit of relief, but it's not much, is it? There's there's still a lot of football to be played. Um, so let's go on to the bad bits. I know we kind of touched them anyway. Um, one sort of. I mean, we've done a lot of matches, to be fair. We've sort of rattled through a fair few as they've come out. But um, I'll, save the, I'll save the conversation around the, the style of play and that argument for later. I think we probably should touch on the two big chances that came within a minute uh, of each other. Hunter and I had a really interesting conversation this morning because I sort of picked out Stevie's one as the one that I was like, oh, come on, Stevie. Got to hit the target there. Got to work the keeper. But you picked out Harry's one as the sort of more damaging of the two. Yeah, I just... I, You know, with Stevie, he's young. He's really young. He's learning. And I still don't think his finishing is that good. I remember reading a player profile when he came over from PSV that basically said, look, this guy's raw. He's quick. He's the, you know, arguably the quickest player that the Eredivisie has at the moment, but his finishing's not great. They play him on the wing for that exact reason, and they don't like him to get. When he goes through the centre, it's mainly mainly a, a big old slap of the ball rather than like a cultured <laughs> finish. Um, the the reason I picked the Kane one out is because it's just dropped straight on his head, and I think in that split second where he realizes that he's going to get there, he's gone round Henderson. He thinks, right, I head this down. 
because that'll beat the keeper. Whereas if he just lets it hit his face, basically, it's. I, I think it goes in. I think there's enough pace on the ball for it to just sort of hit his for hit his square in the forehead and go in. And um, you know, he'll he he's the sort of striker you imagine he won't sleep because of that because he he'll know that's how how big a chance that was for him. For and also, you know, the fact that their striker goes up and slaps a big. <laughs> Header home, thumping <laughs> header. Thirty it? seconds left, or whatever yeah. it was. Will I, what have you? Will what I have you made of seeing? I know Danny said that Eric Dyer didn't really have uh, sort of too many sort of issues, but it does look now that the the footage has come out. Have you seen that, Dan? You seen the kind of footage of the second you know, goal? No, I haven't seen any footage back because I didn't have a monitor and I haven't. I haven't been desperate like you to to pour over. <laughs> I did the post mortem <laughs> so quickly. Okay. It was so, so bad. Incident. Body wasn't even cold, yeah. and I was sitting there being like, "No, funeral out, funeral <laughs> out." <laughs> Doing a really like deep eulogy about Eric Dyer getting a slight nudge in the back and going down. He, it looked to me that he was trying to be the the kind of be the nasty see you next Tuesday that Jose asked us to be. You know, smart, intelligent, kind of coy. Get those little decisions that go your way. And it just didn't go his way this time. But I think there's a time and a place for those those decisions. And I think the 90th minute away at Anfield at one all is perhaps not that time. Is that fair, Jude? It, um, it reminded me a bit of uh, the 2015-16 game at home to Leicester, where Dyer and Aldevaro just sort of ran into each other. It was just like oh, calamity. Is that Robert Hooth? Yeah, it Robert was Robert Hooth. Yeah, it was that that game? It was a uh, one they should have won. Um, anyway, but yeah, I just I just figured one thing you can't really afford to do is fall over at set pieces. Definitely, definitely don't fall over at set pieces in injury time. <laughs> when you know the, the the guys must have been absolutely shagged by the end of it seriously they yeah just tracking players all over the pit and been moved from side to side um and maybe he, he was just sort of mid tumble over and was just like i'm gonna commit to this and just hit the deck and maybe we'll get maybe we'll get lucky a little bit um it annoyed me yeah, i just thought he could have been yeah i just thought he could have shrugged it off a little more um yeah injury time not the exceptional place to to do that mm. Yeah, it, it's just it was just that thing, isn't it? If he goes with the runner, we're talking we're talking about, and and for me, it's not a free kick. I th- I think he's trying to be as 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 you said, Ben. I think Mourinho's got in his head with talk of like M- Matarazzi and people like that, like clever guys who go big guys who go down under not much not much pressure. Um, there was, a, as I said to you again, the the TV didn't really show this. Um, but they, the commentary did. The commentary said there had been a VAR, quite an extended VAR check on it as soon as the ball went in. Um, but I was with them. I didn't think it was a foul. And uh, yeah, I think you have to stick it in the bad because at the, at the end of the day, it comes down to yeah, that will go down as a, a bit of a mistake. But uh, as Jude said, they would have been knackered. And I think you know th- that last 15 minutes, we offered nothing absolutely nothing and so if there was ever going to be a lapse of concentration Liverpool was stepping it up and up and up and up it was it was going to come so let's do actually I'm just going to slap these in the bat as well but the manner of the goals very frustrating like they were just one absolute bullshit (laughs) (laughs) absolute bullshit 
but these but come it, with pressure, no? Yeah, they do. Oh, yeah, they do. I mean, it wasn't. As we if did. They we have said this is going to happen as well, haven't yeah. we? Yeah, because that first half was really just piling on the pressure, getting so many shots away, hmm. um, and so you, you could, it was sort of like, oh, for God's sake, but they had earned it as well. So yeah, and it was it's deeper tough. that we've deeper than we've been as well. Like yeah. we've been deep, but that was that was next level, wasn't it? It um, wasn't really that controlled low block that we've seen. It, it seemed no. like shots are getting pinged around, and we were being moved from side to side. Very. They knew exactly yeah. what they were doing, I think. <laughs> Toying. Yeah, they knew what they were doing. <laughs> they are very good at football, I have to say. They about, are. <laughs> about 20 minutes in, I was just thinking, God, they're bloody good at this football game, aren't they, this Liverpool mm. squad? Because they just moved the ball. They shift it so quickly. And that was something that you don't you don't see. The ball that Henderson plays first time quite often, just straight out to Robertson, which is a good, it's just a lovely ball. Everyone shovels across, and then he just knocks it back the other way. It's such a hard, you know... And I thought Curtis Jones was brilliant. I'm not going to go around. Yeah, as well. yeah, exactly. They, they, they just had a Curtis lot of good Jones performances last night. Um, so you know, take nothing away from from you know their, their ability to play. But yes, our our low block wasn't in control. Uh, certainly not for the ball. Okay, ugly bit. So on there was this mass fallout last night, which I found really weird. Lots of people sort of felt this was a victory for football. Um, and it became like, oh, the, the the battle of the philosophies. Football was the winner tonight, not anti-football, which I just found so odd considering the way people have been talking up Tottenham for the past six weeks as we've been grinding out results and grinding out results and, and scoring brilliant goals as well. It felt like one defeat against the, the side that are champions of the Prem, like, Suddenly, this whole thing falls down, and suddenly Spurs are this, this sort of grotty anti-footballing side. Sort of that just felt odd to me. I don't know how you guys felt. Well, the next week they'll be back on their Son and Kane horse, won't they? They'll be praising those two for linking up brilliantly and saying, "Oh, these two are two of the best players in the league, aren't they?" <laughs> so it's just, I don't know. I think it's a bit. I think it's all a bit snobby, really. We've all, I think, loads of writers and. Football fans in general bought into this Pep Guardiola, take the ball, move the ball, whatever the phrase is. And that's just Nonsense. what they love to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it forward. Ticky tacker, revolutionary nonsense. Hook it. Hook it. I'd rather see Ben Davis hoof it up the pitch. Yeah. At the end of it, for sure. The, I, um, the thing is, right. I think there is a, a finite amount of ways that you can play against a Jurgen Klopp side as good as that one. Um, and that how we played last night was one of them. And I think you'll see most teams go to Anfield and do exactly that. So that that sort of football versus anti-football, it's not really the case, is it? It's mainly that sort of teams versus Liverpool. Um, but I, I won't lie and say that I didn't enjoy watching Liverpool. I thought they were brilliant. Like that, that's that's something like. And I do think that I would prefer to play the football that they that they were playing. That's but that's just you know that's that's preference, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, if we had played that way though, oh, we, would have been, we would have been, we just don't have the players to do it. Sissoko and Sissoko could, could imagine Sissoko trying to do half of those things that Curtis Jones was doing with the ball. It's just it's just not possible. But um, but yeah, the fallout was just. I think you can. People just want to get wrapped up in these debates, don't they? And I, I don't think you can really pay it too much, too much credence. 
So let's I mean, go to, on to, to return to a familiar. To, well, to return to a familiar topic of this this pod, and Jack Pitbrook articulated it well on a, a Twitter thread. If anyone's seen that, I think it was a very legitimate way to play against Liverpool. But we've discussed it before. There is an argument. There's a much more legitimate argument, I think, that it's not the right way to play in every single game. Like you, you do kind of look ahead at the amount of games left this season. And the length of time that Spurs are going to have to play the system if Mourinho is kind of sticking to it rigidly and think that's not really sustainable. It's too dependent on kind of fine margins to to be really, really successful for the, for the whole season and, and sort of sustain the title push. You, you think in the games against kind of Palace and West Brom and Burnley, etc., those kind of clubs, you, you need to occasionally have a cushion and be able to kind of take your foot off the gas for the last kind of half an hour. You don't always want to be protecting a 1-0 lead or, or trying to nick a 1-0 lead. But I think going to Anfield, it's it's a very legitimate way of playing and it you know, it was very nearly a really successful way of playing as well. I must say I missed most of the debate. I mean, I saw Ollie Holt's tweet and, and that was about it. I mean, that seems to kind of have <laughs> summed it up, guy. really. He's got a unique, he's got a unique, a unique relationship with Tottenham fans, does Ollie? So... I think he's got a very unique relationship with Jose as well. Yes. I think I think he's been done with Jose for a little while. Um, <laughs> and I think, like, the the thing that I do... Yeah, the thing that I struggled with a little bit is that um, this is not the same Spurs side that, like, came running Liverpool close last season with that Lo Celso miss. Things are massively, massively different. And I think whilst we're still in the... The transition piece, like just trying to get there. I actually think there's a there's a bit of business to be done in January. I think if if Spurs want to win the league, the January window massive. I don't think we'll spend, but if Spurs want to win the league, I think there's an opportunity to go out and get business done that could propel us that little bit further forward, um, and that could help bridge the gap with teams like Liverpool, who undeniably are a are a side that have got more in the locker than us, but. Um, on any given day, with Mourinho's philosophy of one game at a time. There's no reason why we can't be closing the gap. Um, let's go on to the beautiful bits. I have to say, I really, really enjoyed Jose's post-match interview. Not because I think it's necessarily the right way to go. I just, I just, I just, it just, it ticked every single box on the bingo card. Yeah. Blame, blame the the opposition manager. Blame an individual. Claim that uh, if he like he did something that the other manager did that that all oh, hell would break loose. Claim that we were the better side. Claim that the better side lost. Like it just it had every single bit in there. And I thought while I was watching, I was like, well, look, the reason why I'm finding this so beautiful to watch is because that is the sort of stuff that he did at Chelsea when he won the league. Mm. He was getting right into the mix and sort of getting nasty and grotty about all these little things, and. It, I didn't see him do that in the same way at United. I didn't see him look angry like that. You know, I know Sean made that point last week, but he looked like he looked like he couldn't stand seeing Jurgen Klopp smile. You know, he looked like he hated every second of that, and that for me was 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 quite nice to watch and very reassuring as well. Did anyone else have any other kind of like beautiful bits they wanted, or anything on that, that they wanted to get into? I, th- I, well, think... I couldn't agree more with that. <laughs> I think Jose's really enjoying himself, isn't he? And it's, it's mm. obvious to see. Like in the press conference before the game, uh, just that, that little touch of detail where he listed how many days Jurgen Klopp had been in charge. 
and how many days he'd been in charge. That's kind of classic Jose. Those little um, those little touches, and then I actually asked him if he was planning to give Kane you know, manage his game time over January, and he was kind of very. He gave you some stick, right? And yeah, kind of joking. Yeah, he gave me some stick. He just sort of said, "Yeah, he's not playing against Liverpool. And I'm going to rest him against Leicester as well." <laughs> and, 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 Oh, I love that. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the kind of, kind of first hand of your, your emails. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, don't go into the emails. Don't go into the emails. I'm not releasing yeah, the emails. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, so yeah, it was. It was. You, you, it's just quite nice to see him in, in that kind of mood. And you know, when it's when it's your team, I mean, you don't want that Jose against you. I don't think. And mm. and and I do think that the kind of Pochettino was. He was definitely too nice a lot of the time. I mean, he was he was far too nice about internationals, and you know we've already seen Jose kind of massively ramp that up. Yeah, um, he was far far too nice in the you know about Leicester, um, about how nice everyone le- was to Leicester. You know, going back, you know, way back, he was far too nice about Conte's Chelsea when when Spurs were competing with them. Um, and I do think that was a that was a kind of flaw in his game <clears throat> that Spurs fans kind of rightfully picked up on. They were like, you know, he's he's just a bit. He's just a bit too much of a good bloke. Um, and Reno is patently not. And he's just quite happy to, <laughs> to dig people out. And, and you know, when, he, when he's fighting your corner, great. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think that one of, the, one of the things I wanted to add to the beautiful bit was basically the first 20 minutes of the second half. Because I think that proved that Spurs can come out of that shell a little bit and can compete <clears throat> you know at the highest level with the best teams and cause them trouble because it was in that period that we got the, we got three chances um we had the ball a lot more uh we'd pushed probably 15 20 yards higher up the pitch and we're just knocking it around with a little bit more comfort uh you know, Liverpool had gone slightly off the ball as well. Their press wasn't wasn't quite as aggressive as it was. But I just think it it just shows. And there were, you know, I think the last ten minutes of the Palace game as well. If we're gonna, yeah. those moments show to me that Tottenham can play in a different way. And uh, whereas before under Jose, I think maybe even last year, I was I was worried that maybe this is just it and we don't we don't have a plan for when we go down but but it looked like we do and we can and and as Dan sort of said we are going to have to find a balance where that becomes more regular i think in games rather than sitting in on a, on a 1-0 and sort of hoping that uh, we we see it out defensively yeah i have to say i'm sort of completely there with that it did feel you it was such a clear shift wasn't it it could. It was sort of day and night almost uh, when they came out after the half-time break. Uh, so much further up the field and a little bit more open, but I don't think that's an issue. I just think it, it's about bravery, isn't it? And sort of thinking, do I trust the team to actually go out and perform here? Uh, let's move on to. Let's move on to. Unless there was any more for any more, let's move on to Leicester. Um, what are, What are people's thoughts on that, Jude? Is this this a case of this one couldn't come soon enough for you? I think it's a good game to uh, to get back into it, yeah, because now, you know, it's one point from the last two games. Um, Leicester lost the other day, but there's only a point between the two sides. So it'll be it'll be it'll be an interesting one to see pan out. It, I'm hoping we might it might be the first time we see a little Hoiberg, Lacelso and Dom. If we can see that little change attack act, that would be 
oh, that would be delicious, especially against a team like Leicester, who, you know, are progressive with the ball, but they also do leave gaps in behind. And, you know, they've got they've still got Christian Fuchs playing at centre-back, you know, good player, but someone who... Every week, it's just... <laughs> Let's slag Fuchs. this guy off. Yeah, um, yeah Christian Fuchs... Um, I mean, you clearly don't yeah, think he's a good player. Yeah, come on, dude. You can't. You can't. He's a premier, He's a title winner. He's a title winner. Yeah. Right. They've got Christian Fuchs in the back. I mean, good player. <laughs> yeah. But... <laughs> They've got that awful Christian Fuchs. He's a decent player, and you look. At... Uh, no, but you're and right. That James Madison and that Jamie Vardy. Yeah, normally you know. he had quite a good game the other day, but like this game last season was arguably us at Spurs in their absolute pomp. You know, smashed them, doing, doing to teams mm. what we're doing more, more so this season. And it was, uh, it was the game last season when we did this where I thought, well, if we do that to the better teams, that's fine. That, and I, I actually am quite. I mean, I have to say, I'll probably get bit in the ass for this. I'm quite confident against a team like Leicester. I don't, I don't think they have the know-how to sort of stop a Kane dropping in and and swiveling and playing balls to Son or Ndombele doing a similar thing. I think this is the sort of game where that tactic works really well against Leicester and it's sort of been shown a couple of times. So it's whether Leicester come out, I imagine Jose's plan will be try to allow them on to us again and, and sort of catch them on the break because that seems to work against them. But uh, we'll see. It was one Damn, of the first games, I think, of... It was one of the first games of Mourinho's tenure last season where it really looked like Spurs had a a proper plan for one of the top teams, which was like quite pleasing. I think before that, it always you weren't always sure. Like you know, take the the Manchester game or the Liverpool games where the the performance wasn't bad. You, you, it still felt a bit random. And then when Leicester came to this new stadium last year, it was like there was a proper strategy for exploiting their weaknesses. So. Yeah, I, th- I do think that that was a g- quite a significant occasion. Um, I just don't see defensively how they will be able to stop Kane or Son or both from scoring. Um, so I, th- I think Spurs will score, and then yeah, it's a kind of we're back to the defence, kind of keeping a clean sheet. Sorry, so I was just asking: Is Bale ill still? He, he was. I think Jose said before Liverpool that he had trained alone on Friday I think or okay. so I mean you'd think he'd be eyeing Stoke I yeah. thought for a start mm-hmm. he needs to do like that's one little thing I'm desperate to see it, even if it's for half an hour I think Bale can do the the Bergwijn role for half an hour like I think if he hasn't got half an hour of that in his legs then then really we kind of we've been sort of miss miss sold a little in this and we all know what the type of player that he is but half an hour of that you you would expect that of every Premier League football player mm. to be able to put in a shift like that I think he's just still hotting up I just think he's still kind of still kind of getting into his stride um but Nine subs is good news isn't it for yeah. for Bale and, and Vinicius and Winks and Delhi. I think yeah it will take a bit of the pressure off in January as well, the, the kind of speculation around those guys, because there's just more opportunities for Jose to... You know, we know that he, he likes to you know, be quite varied with his options on the bench. He's already said that. So having you know, those guys on there, he, he can pick and choose depending on the situation a bit more. Fab, right. Well, fingers crossed for a win at the weekend and, and hopefully we get back on the road and can push Liverpool a little bit over this Christmas period. I know they haven't got the hardest fixture in the world, but 
touch wood we fly through these as well uh, thank you so much to hunter to jude and to dan been great fun make sure you subscribe to the pod if you haven't already drop us a, a rating and a review It'd be very much appreciated and we'll be back after the leicester game to hopefully talk through another massive win for the spurs save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.